This is Cast Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cast Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cast Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Special shout out to our friends in Spokane uh, who are newly a part of our community. Thanks again for joining us. My name is Lydia Cruz. And I'm Justin Stiefel. And I'm Maura Dooley. This weekend, we don't have any Seahawks football because, of course, last weekend the season came to uh, yeah. uh, an abrupt end. Yeah, And then we had the National Collegiate uh, Football Championship which I think shocked everybody, except folks from Clemson who would tell you that they always knew they could do it. (laughs) So now we have the future to look forward to. Pitchers and catchers report date, right, Lydia? Right. You know me, you guys. (laughs) It's my favorite holiday of the year. I mean, some people call it Valentine's Day, whatever. That's fine. Um, But, yeah, in the meantime, uh, there's a lot of new things going on with Heritage, right? I mean, new season, New Year's resolutions. It's It's a good month for new things, right? It is, yeah. We actually put a press release out and made an announcement last week that we uh, spent the last s- several months of dis- of uh, 2018 redesigning our brand and our logo and the labels. And on January 2nd, we launched a new updated look for all of our labels. They start to hit the market now. We worked with the folks at Mint Design. They've done work for Starbucks and Target and all these big guys, and they came to us one day and said, hey, we love your product and the company and the story, but the labels, we think we can help you. So they sat down and helped us, and the new labels look fantastic, and uh, they really will pop on the shelf and help us tell the heritage story a little better. And then uh, the other news uh, in the press release was our hiring of two key executives. We hired a guy named Michael Scoma. He was United Healthcare's uh, chief of staff for the western half of the U.S. He oversaw about 1,200 salespeople and about $10 billion in revenue annually. Prior to that, he uh, helped launch and grow and sell the world's largest bottled water company. So he's got a lot of experience uh, helping us to scale. And then we hired a general counsel uh, to work internally for us, and she comes from New York and uh, has done a lot of deals, IPO, uh, pre-IPO financing, um, convertible debt financing, all that kind of stuff. So she's working for us full-time now on all of our legal needs as we grow and try and scale the company in a responsible, thoughtful way. Well, you told us last week about your New Year's resolution for the company. <laughs> but it, I mean, it sounds like you already had the ball rolling in December. Yeah. Good for you. This was in the works for a while. We, we, we have a plan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I tell my staff all the time. Plan the work and then work the plan. And if you plan the work, then your work of the plan becomes easier. And then at the end of the day, when you have achieved all the goals in the plan, you look back and you say, well, we knew we were going to do it because the plan said so. Let's just go execute. Absolutely. And as we've talked about on the show, so much of your business is centered around the great people who work there. And so I'm sure that these two new team members are a big part of that. I know you've constantly said that. Hire great people and get out of their way and good things will happen. Absolutely. Yeah. We also just launched a 401k program for our employees starting this month. And uh, we have 124 employees now and healthcare and employee stock option plan. I'm a big believer in uh, letting everybody have a piece of ownership because then everybody's focused on the same goal. (laughs) And I think more companies should do that of uh, all sizes. And I think you would be shocked at how efficient your people become in terms of trying to achieve the mission of the entity. So that's that's what we're doing. Yeah. 
We don't expect 2019 to be sitting on our laurels, that's for sure. <laughs> no, we're only a couple weeks in, man. This is, is really impressive. What else is going on in the headlines? Well, we've got a, a few interesting stories here. Um, the first one, our friends who make Spam uh, are going to love this. Uh, they have a thing called Spam Restaurant Month. Now, you know Spam is that processed, condensed meat in a can and been around forever. Uh, when you think of a Mai Tai, the drink, uh, you don't really think of Spam. But the Duck Inn, which is an establishment in Chicago, came up with an interesting way to use Spam. They take Spam and lard, they render it together, then they mix liquor in it overnight, probably rum, and uh, then they drain it the next day, and they basically infuse the into the alcohol the spam and lard flavor, <laughs> and then oh they make gosh. their Mai Tais out of it with pineapple juice, lime, bitters, and, of course, um, the spam. And then they serve it in a can, a spam cam, on ice with a straw. Wow. I'm down for the serving yeah. it in the spam can. It looks really cute, and it mm-hmm. looks almost like they made it into a slushy drink. So I yeah. I like the, the appeal of the cocktail look itself, but I'm mm-hmm. not so sure that I want lard rendered into my cocktail. Yeah, we'll see. I my mom is uh, has a you know secret like place in her heart for spam because when she was in college and didn't have much money and was putting herself through through uh, actually law school as well, uh, she had to she cooked spam and that was her protein sometimes. So uh, I'm going to tell her about this because she also a big <laughs> cocktail lover. So I'll see. She'll be my threshold of testing of like, will you? Tr- yeah. will be, I know you like both these things. Will you try this? <laughs> Well, remember last year we talked about one of the trends in the summertime was the rendered fat into fat the washing. cocktails yeah. and mm-hmm. the fat washing, right? So this is uh, more uh, meat washing and less <laughs> fat washing, but you know it is the same concept. So anybody who tries this, we'd love to see your reaction, and you can go to Facebook and share that on Cast Club Radio. And lastly, sad news for our friends in France. I know. Mara and Lydia, you both had reservations to go to this establishment, that, yes. but they're probably not going to be able to serve you. Do you remember when we first launched Castle Radio in November 2017, uh, we had the story about a nude restaurant in Paris. Remember that story? Yes. Vaguely, yes. I, yeah. It sticks <laughs> yes. out. Yeah. Okay. okay. So you go as a customer and you're completely nude. You sit at the table, you eat completely nude, and the wait staff serves you and it's all completely nude. I okay? remember I had and some I remember just, us. Yeah, yeah, logistical safety concerns. I was like worried about hot foods. I was yes. just worried yeah. that there might be some execution problems. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the restaurant was called Au Naturel, you know, kind of a clever take. Um, well, apparently it didn't go very well because 15 months into it, it's closing due to shock lack of customers. Um, so the last customers were served just about a week ago. Uh, the DailyMail.com has some really fascinating photos of guests enjoying food and drink and waiters serving people with the appropriate things blocked out in the images. And they're all, of course, nude. Um, I remember commenting at the, at the time that I hope that they use leather furniture and not cloth um, because, you know, I can just imagine. With that... Uh, we are going to celebrate the closing of Au Naturel, Paris's first all-nude restaurant. Oh, Au revoir. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of creativity, a few weeks ago we talked about cocktail trends that might be coming up in 2019. Things to be on the lookout for. Today, up next on Cast Club Radio, we're going to talk about some of the spirit trends to look for in 2019. Uh, some of them are pretty cool. You don't want to miss it. It's next on Cast Club Radio.
Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks again for joining us today. Later in the hour, we'll hear from our weekly guest, Daniel Cartez, one of our favorite uh, people from Rustic Joyful Food. But right now, we're on the lookout for some of the spirit trends to hit the market in 2019. Yes. So, you know, we're trying to stay on top of things. And this week, the Spirits Business, uh, which is a publication for the industry, put out their roundup of the top five trends that they think are going to be uh, emerging in 2019. First one is something they call mindful drinking. So that probably sounds uh, as described based on the buzzword from 2018, which was balance. People were seeking work-life balance and everything else. And uh, people now are trying to slow down and be more mindful of the choices they make, the brands they select, and how they uh, mix them together. And this includes a shift to lower alcohol offerings. We've talked about this at length in Cast Club Radio. And non-alcoholic alternatives like Seed Lip or Cedars, those are drinks that taste like different styles of uh, vodkas or gins or alcohols or, or mixes, but have no alcohol in them. And so as the spirits business talks about, they think going into 2019, uh, these trends, the trends specifically of mindful drinking, lower alcohol and non-alcohol alternatives are going to continue to push the envelope of the category and to carve out a niche to meet consumer demands who are looking for healthier choices. I think that word balance has come up a lot in recent discussion. And I know Danielle is an expert on that too, who we'll talk to later in the hour, but yeah, finding ways, maybe you don't want to go sober in the month of January and you don't want to cut something completely out, but just finding ways to be more mindful about your eating, your drinking, uh, your consumption, I think allows you to enjoy that whole experience a lot more too. Yeah, I think so. And uh, you know, as we talked in the past, people want lower calorie and, and less sugar options, and they certainly are trying to cut out anything that's uh, artificial, like artificial sweeteners or flavors. So mm-hmm. uh, this is going to accelerate. It's not going away. People are not going to go back to the days of styrofoam and uh, microwave dinners um, mm-hmm. if they had the choice of something natural. Next up on the list, number two, was cannabis. Uh, you know, Washington and Oregon and other states now have come online with legal cannabis and massive investments being made by huge companies. The biggest <clears throat> being made by uh, Constellation Brands. They put over $4 billion into uh, Canada's largest cannabis company. Uh, Southern Glaciers Wine and Spirits, which is the nation's largest distributor and wholesaler of uh, alcoholic beverages in the States, made a heavy investment into the cannabis sector. Market research shows that uh, People now are looking for cannabis-based drinks and food, but drinks especially. And so you see a number of companies that are moving into cannabis-infused drinks. And uh, this is going to be an interesting trend to watch because this blurs the line Mm -hmm. that Liquor Control Board and regulatory agencies haven't really had to experience yet. You either before were making an alcoholic beverage or you were making something, you know, cannabis, like an edible or some kind of other cannabis product. Uh, So now the combination of moving cannabis into liquid format. And the thing to remember in all these situations that we've seen is that the uh, cannabis-based liquid uh, drinks typically have no alcohol in them. It's in lieu of alcohol. And one of the main reasons for that is because to have your alcohol manufacturing license that's issued by the federal government, TTB, they still don't recognize cannabis as a legitimate uh, legal product. And so they're not going to let you in your federally licensed brewery, wine, or distillery, or cidery start putting cannabis in with THC components. They're just they're going to shut you down. So um, it's cannabis-based drinks in lieu of alcohol-based drinks. Absolutely. And isn't this could be from an outdated report, but also a lot of those industries, do they have trouble with their banking? If a, if a place won't federally insure your money, do you have to do a lot of things in cash? They still do. 
Yeah, they still do, and uh, they still have issues getting access to loans and capital and the, kind of the public market. Uh, Canada, that's not an issue. Canada, you've mm-hmm. got lots of publicly traded companies hitting the stock market up there, and that's why people are making those investments up there, because Canada legalized cannabis across the entire country all at one time. We still have this hodgepodge and network uh, state by state here in the U.S. Yeah, fascinating to watch. Next up, uh, something that the Spirits Journal calls boundary-breaking categories. Now, what they talk about first is a category like scotch or cognac or tequila. Each one of those, uh, if you want to make those, comes with a specific regulation. Scotch can only be made in Scotland. Cognac can only be made in uh, the cognac region of France. Tequila can only be made in the Jalisco region of Mexico. Those are all the laws set up, and the U.S. has recognized those so that if you want to open a distillery in the U.S. and you want to make tequila in downtown Seattle or in Denver, you're not going to get approval because the the U.S. U.S. government won't approve you to make tequila in the U.S. They won't approve you to make scotch in the U.S. So companies are trying to be clever and uh, push the barriers and uh, come up with ways to cross-market and to cross-utilize hybrid production techniques where they can take some of those ingredients, maybe they import scotch in bulk, which is a big part of the market, into the U.S., and then they... Uh, put them in secondary or tertiary casks or other kind of flavor treatments before they then bottle them. And then they have this uh, scotch-type made uh, spirit in the U.S. that started off as real legitimate scotch distilled and aged in Scotland and so on. So you're going to continue to see people. uh, The market is always creative. Creative people in the market will find a way to be more creative and to bring new products and new labels to the market across all categories. And uh, we're going to see that continue to, I think, accelerate as creative people get engaged in the spirits business in the U.S. I was looking at the, the end of this story with them bringing up the brand Rebel Rabbit and how it's a duo that's created alcohol that really falls under no specific labels, and they play around with different yeast distillation techniques, maturation methods, yep. and botan- I, I just would love to taste some of their creations and see if you can try to figure out like what category it normally yeah. would go in or if it just tastes completely different. So when you look at your label of spirits, you're going to see it's gin or vodka or whiskey or bourbon or whatever. Those are all categories. We call them a type and class. And uh, if you have made a spirit that doesn't fit in any one of the rules or the recipes that the feds require you to follow, then you would apply for what we call a distilled spirit specialty, and you would file for that under the category. So Mm. uh, Rebel Rabbit making these spirits-based products that don't fit any of the other categories – still can make the product, they just can't call it whiskey. They can't call it vodka because of the default rules. If it it tasted like something completely different or if it's basically like what we would call tequila, they just can't. And is that you also essentially filing for some sort of patent or some sort of creative, you know, like you are the owner of whatever that type of new spirit or creation is? No, you would. uh, It's... You can't really do that on the patent side. You would attempt to keep the recipe unique to you, and it's a trade secret in terms of how you developed it and the flavors. It's kind of like Coca-Cola, right? You don't really know what went into it or KFC. What what are the 11 herbs and spices? Mm -hmm. They won't tell you. They didn't file it. So um, what they're going to be more interested in is the label and the brand and the trademark and how to protect that and try and get that product in front of consumers in an interesting way. 
Very cool. Uh, next up on the list uh, was agave-based spirits. Agave is the basis for tequila, and tequila's been on a rampage growth. Following that, they expect to see more mezcals, which is a specialty uh, type of tequila made in a very small region of Jalisco, uh, beginning to move forward into the zeitgeist in the U.S. So be on the lookout for mezcal. And lastly, sustainability, and I think everybody across all industries is looking for that, and that involves distilleries, breweries, wineries becoming more efficient, maybe using wind or solar, the types of packaging they use, and the types of uh, raw ingredients, how they source them, how they get their water, and then how they dispose of them. So sustainability continues to be a driver, and one of the stories we talked about last uh, winter on Cast Club Radio was uh, Kellogg's cereal recycling Mm -hmm. uh, cornflakes into uh, beer and not having that go to waste. So sustainability will continue to be at the forefront in 2019 because it's just too expensive to do it otherwise. Well, a couple of these topics, the uh, mindfulness and the sustainability, actually come up in our conversation with our friend Danielle Cartes of Rustic Joyful Food. I mean, she is a one-woman wonder. She's all over the place and so talented, but she gives us some great tips on how to move into the new year in a, in a manageable, easy way that doesn't put too much stress or too much pressure on you. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Cast Club Radio. Right now, we're joined by one of our favorite people to hear from, Daniel Cardis of Rustic Joyful Food. How are you, my friend? Oh my gosh, I'm so good. I'm <laughs> basking in all the holiday everything, and I just Christmas time is one of my favorite times of year. So I'm I'm pretty good. <laughs> Perfect. Well, yeah, that's actually really what we wanted to talk to you about today. I mean, you're focus is so much on the the soul of food the like simple clean happy element of food which I love like getting people just excited about uh, about cooking about eating with other people and all at the same time doing it in a way that's healthy that is free from artificial fake things and that is perfect for this time of year because as we make that transition from the holidays to the new years there's plenty of people out there with resolutions of getting healthier what are, what yeah. are some of your big tips for for making that transition from what can be a little overwhelming at the holidays, eating, packing on yes. the calories to this time of year? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like the first thing I always want people to remember is to go easy on yourself. I feel like we, you know, we hit the ground running and it's January 1st and we're like, I'm cutting out every one of this food group and I'm going to, you know, I'm going running. It's, it's 24 degrees in the morning and I'm up at 5am and the Rocky theme song's playing and, and you can burn out super duper quick. So I feel like I like to tell people to focus on the long haul, just make little changes and to make you feel better. Like right now, I, I feel like 2019 Rustic Joyful Food is all about expansion and I feel like we need to get rid of the clutter so right now we're putting these you know grocery bags by the front door paper bags and filling 10 bags I want to fill 20 maybe 30 paper bags and which is not hard for the American family who just has kids and accumulates stuff fill it up and get it to the goodwill same thing with your pantries and your cupboards get rid of all the old food Check all the dates. If that salad dressing's been open for, you know, God knows how long, just <laughs> chuck it in the garbage. And as simple is always best. And you can't really think or get goals going 
in a cluttery home or in a cluttered pantry. You're not going to become cook of the year if you've got, you know, if you're like me right now. <laughs> you have 45 half-eaten boxes of cereal and, you know, bags of beans with twist ties and crackers that you've had for, you know, six months. It's time for all of it to go. And that's how you can really sort of get a handle on the, the new diet that you might want to try out or maybe cut a little less sugar or um, things. I mean, I could literally ramble on, so feel free to cut me off. No, no. I, I was just going to say that that is so therapeutic. I mean, it might seem daunting yes. at first, but once you actually do it and you physically oh. get it out of the house, I know getting rid of some things that might have sentimental value. I've, I've learned this yes. new process of sort of thanking them for their service. Like, thank you, yes. sweater, for being with me these last three years, but it's time to move oh my on. Gosh, that's great. <laughs> and, and, thank and, you for what you gave to me. Yes. I, I, like, we had a great time together. Now it's time for you to go somewhere else and maybe keep someone else warm. So, yes. um, but the food side of it, you, someone who is around food and works with it and knows so much about every, every element of food is you. Are you still, are there oh, still yes. things that you are learning? You yes. Learn? Specifically, I did a photo shoot yesterday for 425 Magazine. It's a lime tres leches cake. And my kid turned out really tough. And I thought, you know what? This, there's something wrong with this. Why, why when I make a butter cake, does, is my crumb a little tougher than I'd like? It, sort of like a pound cake, but I want that light, ethereal crumb. So I got to doing some research. It's 11 o'clock last night and I'm reading. I don't go to blogs often to find answers for things because a lot of times on the internet, you run the risk of being sold information as fact when it's a lot of, when it's somebody's opinion. Mm-hmm. So I'm really careful about the information that I'm soliciting. And I try to go to really trusted, really tested websites that are information and not necessarily consumer driven and that aren't trying to push an agenda. I did happen to find something that I didn't know, which was fascinating and exciting to me. You can actually over cream butter and sugar. Oh, wow. Which I did not know. No. Until last night at 11 o'clock, I'm having this epiphany. <laughs> it says it can lead to a tough or dense cake. So not we're not talking about flour. Everybody's really all over like folding the flour in gently. Well, mm-hmm. if you over cream or cream, the, according to this website, which will name unnamed <laughs> because I need to try it. But according to this website, it said that you can actually overbeat the sugar and the butter, which I was not aware of. So it's, you know, get it to that fluffy stage at a nice slow pace, not over medium speed. And a lot of times I'll crank it up because I want it to happen faster. Yeah. So that was real. Yes, I'm always learning. I feel like once we stop learning or it's like that age old adage. Once you, once you're, once you're not available to the information, you start, you know, that's like you, you hit your peak and you're on the way out. I don't ever want to be there. I want to always be learning and always be figuring out the best, newest, easiest way to do something. Oh, I love it. Well, that's a good attitude, especially again, at this time of year, as you move into a new year and people are open to a lot of those things, what are some goals, whether it's for your website or for what you want to share with people food cooking wise in 2019? I think 2019 for me, it's really going to signify the easiest way to do something. And it might not necessarily be the instant pot with instant gratification, but the other day I was making pastry cream for a photo shoot and there was all these steps. And I thought, why am I doing it this way? Is it just because it's always been done this way? And so I tried a new method for the pastry cream and I literally just threw everybody into the pot and it turned out beautiful. I didn't get any eggs curdling. And I was really fascinated and excited 
sometimes we have to think differently, like outside the box in order to get a good result. And there is that sort of age old adage too. I'm, I'm pulling from all these no, fun little quotes. Uh, <laughs> like, you know, the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So I feel like for 2019, I really want to push myself out of my comfort zone because even in this business, when you're moving fast and you're, and you've got your goal setting, you sort of have a tendency, it's human nature to attack that goal the same way that you've always done it. Okay, well, this is how I'm going to get to the end of that. Well, is it, is it really going to be that way? Do I really have to do it that way? So I find that if I ask God first, ask him for some direction, um, and then settle into how we're going to do this, I think that I'm going to come up with a better way to actually attack the goal as opposed to the way that I've always done it. So 2019 for Rustic Joyful Food is all about expansion. We're expanding this year. We're going to be adding um, a team. We're going to be getting some employees. And I want to do it the best way possible. And that means getting out of my comfort zone. That means that I have to let go of some of that control um, and let and give that vision to other people and allow them to help. Danielle, we always love talking to you. Moore and I are just smiling ear to ear because the, you get you can get me excited for anything. And uh, now Thank I'm excited so about 2019. Will you be our life coach? Yes. No. Absolutely. You got it. We've got this together. I love it. And that is a great attitude to have when it comes to food and to cooking. You always are, a lot of it is getting out of your comfort zone, whether it's trying something you don't normally try, whether it's uh, cooking, uh, something that you're scared to do. Absolutely. And the neat thing about cooking for either yourself or for your family is nine times out of 10, they're going to eat it. (laughs) I mean, let's just be really honest. I've flopped a million dinners and my family still picks at it and we still get what we need out of it. I'm like, oh, that was a bummer. (laughs) And I just feel like... For 2019, for people eating-wise, I want them to turn down the volume on all the noise and all the information and turn up the volume on really listening to their body and their heart and their own mind. Because I feel like I can get that sort of um, food fear. I feel like with all the information that's thrown at us daily about what's right and what's not and don't eat meat or eat all meat or let's cut every carbohydrate out or let's go heavy carb or let's eat all fruit. I mean, if you, you name it, there's a diet out there for everybody. And I think that just because your coworkers doing it might not mean it's right for you, but it also doesn't mean it's wrong for them. So I feel like really listening to our own bodies, not being afraid of food, eating in moderation. I think all these things are going to set us up for success in 2019 and beyond. And for like to run that marathon, as opposed to, you know, getting out for the sprint where you got the Rocky theme song going and it's 5 a.m. and it's 24 degrees and you, you're living on chicken breast and broccoli. And then two weeks into that, you're like, I'm done. Yeah. Give me a slice of pizza because I can't keep this up. So I feel like that longevity and really turning down all that noise and listening to internally. Do you feel fine if you eat a slice of pizza and you're and getting lots of vegetables and plenty of exercise? Absolutely. Just let's not beat ourselves up in 2019 and let's not go super hot and heavy in the front and burn out. I want to, I want that. I want marathon strength. Oh, I love it. It's come full circle about <laughs> treating yourself right. I love yeah. it. Well, and speaking of maybe, yeah. maybe in that, in that realm, giving yourself a treat or a reward. I know you also yeah. have some wonderful cocktails on your site and Lydia and I are big fans of the French 75. You have yes. one up right now that yes. we're, we're interested oh my gosh, in that's going live today. And that's, Okay, first of all, Heritage Distilling Gin is like no other gin. You open the bottle, and it actually smells comforting. I know you're probably not supposed to say comforting about alcohol, but it really does. (laughs) It smells comforting and botanical, so you get this amazing hit of, like, you know, herbally 
almost floral gin that's incredible. And then you mix that with the grapefruit that's like, you know, a little bit acidic and piney, has the bitterness. You smooth it out with the mandarin and it, and a little bit of Prosecco or champagne, any bubbles you have lying around. And it is my favorite go-to cocktail right now. People rave about it, and it's easy to mix up. You don't have to have a cocktail shaker. It's literally like everybody swirl it around with a spoon if you're going to go like easy style. Or if you do have a cocktail shaker, I do love those little bits of ice when you shake it really hard and the ice sort of breaks off in it. But it's one of my favorite, favorite cocktails. Ah, uh, Well, perfect. Well, you can find that cocktail recipe on your blog at rusticjoyfulcooking.com. And yeah. if you haven't, I'm not doing it justice by just talking about it because your <laughs> husband, Michael, is also a, an amazing photographer. You guys make such beautiful displays of everything as well. So, people, Oh, he's so good. You guys he's really so have to good. see the photos. I mean, he makes me look good. I got to be really honest. <laughs> Well, we love that it's a team effort, too. And your story, if you don't know it and didn't listen to our past Cast Club radio episode, you can always check that out. We'll give you more information on that. But uh, you should go to Danielle's website and read about it because your story is just pretty incredible. And I only see good things ahead for you in 2019. Thank you so much. You guys, too. 2019 is our year. Yeah. New life code. Thank you so much to Danielle for taking time to chat with us today. Up next on Cast Club Radio, we have a great new cocktail recipe for you uh, here in this month of January. Also, what happens when a product decides to rebrand itself and market to an entirely different audience? It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Thanks again for joining us today. And in just a few minutes, we've got a new cocktail recipe for you. Uh, but first, we have to talk about maybe perhaps when you overindulge a little bit too much. Perhaps that happened to you on New Year's. It's it's okay. It happens to the best of us. This is great. Some people, they, they have their tried and true hangover cures. Some people swear by one thing or the other. A lot of people... In, when I was in college, we're huge fans of Pedialyte. Uh, that would be their their go-to hangover cure. But, of course, that intended for young, uh, small, sick children. Not entirely at all marketed towards the hangover crowd. Well, this is interesting. Pedialyte is rebranding itself and marketing to that very specific crowd. That's right. Yeah. So this was in uh, USA Today here, and uh, talks about how Pedialyte. Everybody knows it can help with dehydration. Uh, it's a low calorie electrolyte drink. So if you think about what else is a low calorie electrolyte drink that uh, you all are familiar with in everyday life, Gatorade. Yeah. Gatorade. Okay. So this is <laughs> yeah. a kid's version of Gatorade with probably fewer, uh, fewer grams of sugar. It's designed to help sick kid rehydrate. Now. You see Pedialyte in the little plastic uh, jars or, or bottles, but if you go to the freezer section, they also sell Pedialyte in some areas that look like Otter Pops. So they freeze them in the small little plastic tubes, and then your kid, if they're sick, can kind of gum on them and chew on them. So I can imagine a few of you taking those around to the bars as well with a small <laughs> little you know, cooler backpack on you. Abbott is the manufacturer. They launched a fortified bubbly drink mix called Sparkling Rush Powder Packs. Uh, they did this just around New Year's. Uh, the powder pack you add to uh, water to get that fizz, and then uh, they think it's an exciting product and a growth area for them. Uh, their target market joins companies uh, like Freezer Pops and the Fizzless Powder Packs. It's all in the alcohol and dehydration section under Pedialyte's website. They've actually created a whole new section of their website geared towards adults, and uh, they don't 
say it's a hangover cure. They're very clear. They don't want to <laughs> make those claims. But they do think it'll help you with dehydration you experience after a couple of cocktails. So according to the Munchies and uh, Nielsen data, Pedialyte grew 57% between 2012 and 2015 uh, among adults, Pedialyte usage among adults. So that's a huge growth in uh, just three years. And uh, they think it's, you know, it's not a stretch to imagine that many of the adults are actually college students who've been going out and shotgunning bottles of Pedialyte after a night out. <laughs> and uh, that reminds me of a story. So I was in a fraternity at the University of Idaho, and one of my fraternity brothers in Idaho was also a volunteer firefighter. And uh, the volunteer firefighters uh, over in small towns, uh, they run ambulances and other things, EMT-type work. And uh, he would be known from time to time to grab a few saline bags of saline, uh, IV solution and some pick lines, and he would be known to sit at the party while he's drinking beer with a saline bag and a pick line in his other wow, arm, just, and uh, <laughs> he would have no hangover the next morning. Getting out ahead of the hangover. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. That's so, next level. You know, alcohol, alcohol does, uh, you know, mess with your system in terms of water imbalance, chemical processes. Uh, the first thing your body does when alcohol uh, is ingested is it begins to metabolize and break down into sugar. And then it sits as sugar, and then it has to be reprocessed uh, through your body to process the sugar out of your body. So alcohol requires your body to go through multiple steps of uh, kind of cleansing, if you will. And uh, anything you can do to dilute the effects of that with a volume of more Liquid is helpful to help help your body recover faster. Well, I worked with a bartender that became a firefighter back in the day, and I have to say I'm kind of disappointed in him because he, too, took saline bags from time to time, but I only ever knew of him using them to, like, he gave his brother an IV when he was sick with the flu and dehydrated, and I'm kind of disappointed that he didn't come up with something like this. <laughs> <laughs> but because I knew we were going to be talking about this, I took a look at some of the craziest hangover cures from around the world. And we're definitely going to have to talk about this in the future. I think we can do a whole nother segment on this because there are some crazy ones out there. Apparently in ancient Rome, they like to deep fry canaries. There's a there's an urban legend out there that you can put a piece of citrus fruit, like a lemon or a lime under your armpit before you drink. There's one about getting buried up to your neck in wet river sand. So there are apparently lots of, let's say, hangover urban legends out there that we'll have to look into in a future show. Absolutely. Well, we've got a cocktail recipe for you today, a brand new one, and hopefully you indulge in the moderation and don't end up needing Pedialyte. But just in case you, in case you do, you can keep it in the back of your mind. That's right. Uh, this cocktail this week we call the BSB Fix. Uh, BSB is our award-winning brown sugar bourbon. And uh, here are the ingredients. BSB, brown sugar bourbon, lemon juice, freshly squeezed from a lemon, a half ounce of simple syrup, and some of uh, cocktail bitters. And remember, you make simple syrup by using equal parts water and sugar, half and half, so a cup of water, a cup of sugar. You can make that on your stove, cook it, uh, chill it down, and uh, put it in a small container. And it's a great uh, syrup for you to put into cocktails or even into some of your recipes. In a shaker with ice, Put in two ounces of BSB, one ounce of lemon juice, 
a half ounce of simple syrup and two dashes of the bitters. Shake it really hard, and then you strain it out into a small glass uh, with a couple of ice cubes and garnish it with a lemon twist. And the thing you can do with this recipe is you can also serve it warm. So oh, wow. uh, it's kind of like a hot hot toddy, but mm-hmm. uh, without uh, the honey. Oh, that's a good option this time of year, especially it's been so rainy and traffic mageddon is about to descend in Seattle. So <laughs> yeah. uh, just hole up in your house and make yourself a nice cocktail. That's right. Well, this recipe uh, will be available at heritagedistilling.com, and you can check out past cocktails if you're if you're looking for inspiration or want to see some other recipes, where you can also download episodes of the Cast Club Radio podcast. That's right. You can find us on Facebook at Cast Club Radio. You can find us on at heritagedistilling.com. You can email us, castclubradio at heritagedistilling.com. And uh, as always, don't forget to rate us on iTunes. And we will see you here next week for another episode of Cask Club. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.